This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what is going on? What's going on is somebody shooting fireworks on March 9th, a Thursday at 7 p.m. I don't even know if it's fully dark out there. No. In the middle of March, not even spring yet, still winter, fireworks going off, totally normal. It's not even that, I mean, it's dark, but it's not, I feel like it gets darker in a couple hours. Just wait till nine. Who starts the fireworks at seven? It makes zero sense. Uh, But we hear the same thing in Cincinnati all the time, and I question it. And, you know, people are bored, I guess. Uh, But I'm kind of bored. I'm ready for free agency to get here. We'll get to more of kind of the outlook of what that looks like. The Bengals had two signings today. Joe B., was Joe Bocci over on the defensive side of the ball, linebacker, and uh, Jalen Davis when it comes to the secondary. What did you think about those signings? Special teamers. It's the first thing that went through my mind. I don't know. I mean, cheap special team talent, keep them. Um, Joe Bocci, uh, the ball, has uh, stepped in and played some linebacker at times, so that's, that's a good one to keep. Um, I mean, Jalen Davis – when he plays corner, he seems fine. I don't think he ever he, – he hasn't really gotten in there in too many actual game scenarios. Like, end of the Panthers game when they are down, like, 100 to 3, he got in there. And um, in this one Steelers game, like, three years ago, he got in there. And I don't remember how he played. I assume it was pretty good since they kept him around. But really, when you're talking about this as defensive players, sure, whatever. They're very deep depth. If they're playing, you probably have a couple issues. But when it comes to special teamers, they're two of the big guys. Yeah, I I think uh, Jalen Davis was definitely one of Lou's favorites. And then when you look at the linebacker room, especially if they move on from Jermaine Pratt, you have guys in Logan Wilson, Akeem Akeem Davis-Gaither, Marcus Bailey, and then you had to go. Joe Bocci would be in the in the running. I think he'd be in the competition for starting linebacker. So I don't want to downplay that too much because they do like him. I just – if it's me, I think it's Akeem Davis-Gaither or Marcus Bailey, and he's kind of a, the third guy out. But um, I don't know. I think he could win it. I wouldn't be, like, completely shocked if he was the starting guy week one. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I actually want to talk about it with Akeem Davis-Gaither because I kind of felt this way going into last season. I felt like he was going to be the guy that really took a jump. But when you think of this year and the opportunity, I feel like he's going to have when it feels like the writing's on the wall, but they'll be moving on from Jermaine Pratt and Jermaine Pratt's going to go sign elsewhere. Um, what do you think about Akeem Davis-Gaither going into this season? Uh, a little small, very athletic, brick hands a little bit. <laughs> I feel like he's dropped like six interceptions and he's caught like two. Not a great, not a great success rate so far on that. I like him though. Um, I was surprised in the game he started that he played so well. Um, they asked him to be the end man on the line of scrimmage, like play up on the line of scrimmage, take on pulling blocks and tight ends and whatnot in the game that Pratt missed. And that's usually Pratt's job, but Pratt's bigger than him. So it made sense. When he went in there, I was like, oh, they probably can't do that that uh, front that they like to play. And instead, he stepped up and he played really well. So I liked what Akeem Davis-Gaither brought in that game. And it made me think, like, oh, I think uh, I think the Bengals might be moving on pretty soon from Pratt because they've got a guy that they can feel – they feel can perform 80% as well as Jermaine Pratt at a big, big discount compared to what Pratt's probably going to get in the open market. So uh, that that's that's my Keen Davis Gaither thoughts. I think he's high potential. He's athletic, and um, 
I'm not nervous about him starting week one. I'm like, I would be about like a, a Tyson Anderson starting week one or something. Yeah. And that, I feel like we're going to get those questions answered next week. Um, I don't think that you're going to wait until the draft to take more safeties at the safety position. If they do move on from Von Bell and they're obviously going to move on from Jesse Bates, but I still have faith that Von Bell is going to come back and we'll really see if that deal gets done when free agency officially starts next week. Looking forward to that, but we'll back it up a little bit because we went really offensive heavy on Tuesday's episode when it comes to the combine. I feel like my mind has changed 5,000 different times and we're only sitting at March 9th right now. When I think of who I want the Bengals to take at 28, the no, Overall, from the beginning, I kind of thought, you know, get best player available, and that hasn't changed. But then I thought, tight end, that's what you need. Or offensive line, let's look at this offensive line class. Is that someone that they can get a 28 without reaching? Then I see the pass rush. I see the combine. I see these guys, these stars. And I think if you think about the Super Bowl, if you think about the AFC Championship game, then, yes, we talk about the offensive line. You think of pass rush. You think of guys getting to Joe Burrow. And I want that on my team, getting to the other quarterback. We look at the AFC North. Those guys are all over in the division. And I want Cincinnati to have that on their defensive line. And, yes, their defensive line is already pretty expensive. But you get a rookie in there and uh, you start saving some money on, on the defensive line and you need that playmaker. So my mind's kind of changing a little bit when it comes to pass rush or just the defensive line alone. Did anybody stick out for you at the combine? Yeah, especially defensive linemen. You look at a guy they met in Nolan Smith had a terrific combine. Um, Kalijah Kansi did the John Ross, but for defensive tackles where he I think he broke the record for defensive line 40 time and then went, see ya, <laughs> didn't do anything else. So if he could make it, um, that's another guy that had a good combine. Uh, another guy would be Adetomawa Adebaware. I hope that's correctly pronounced. He ran as an edge rusher. So I feel like it went underappreciated. But what he did was he ran a tenth of a second faster than Kansi at the same weight and the same height. So he's the same build as Cansey, but he was a full tenth of a second faster and Cansey broke the record for fastest 40. So heck of a day from him. So when I'm thinking high end guys, those are the guys I'm looking at. Also, um, was it Gravon Dexter had a really good combine as well. Haven't watched him too much. So there's a few guys that had some good combines on the defensive line. And then, I mean, every corner, I think ran a four, three uh, in the entire thing. So that's, Always an option. That feels very Bengals to go to corner at 28, right? I think you get the corner at 28 and you start to think about that future of the position. We talked about it a couple weeks ago that, yeah, you have Cheeto coming back from injury. Cam Taylor Britt proved that he could really step up out there. You have the nickel and uh, Mike Hilton. But at the same time, an injury can happen at any point in the season. And the secondary is extremely important on the defensive side of the ball. So if they do get a rookie, you know, maybe he has to step up if, if they have to get some reps um, uh, in the secondary. Or maybe this is kind of a developmental piece because they could be moving on from Cheeto after the season because this this is his last year of his contract so I agree I, I wouldn't be surprised at all with it being in the 20s that they take a corner for corners there I still think their mindset is best player available the smokescreen of all the formal interviews the pro days they go to I don't look too much into who Cincinnati's talking to um, I don't think we know who they're going to get at 28 right about now there's a handful of players uh, but that's a really good problem to have when yeah they have a few holes on, on both sides of the ball but you are still in a really good position that you can get a guy you can get a guy that's that develops into that piece but I'm kind of looking more for a starter who can who can step on the field right away and, and maybe that's what they have in their mind it was different when they drafted Dax Hill last year because he was going to be the replacement of Jesse Bates and you know he didn't get all the reps out there but he did get some in a training camp and really never played in, in his position so I can't wait to see him out there in the safety position next year but you know at secondary I could see that happening with when it comes to the defensive line or anybody in the pass rush category, do you think that they will be there at 28? I do think Adetomiwa Adabawari would be there. I don't think he had the production or the tape to really send him off as a top 25 pick. Um, I don't think Nolan Smith or Kalash Kansi will be there. I just, when I have a feeling for it, it's just, I think both those guys are gone. I think there's going to be a corner there like a guy that is probably by consensus around one guy. There's so many good corners in this draft that 
be hard not for one to be there. You think last year Kyrie Elam was there for the Bills when they picked around this spot. Um, well, I guess they're a little bit earlier, but still, yeah. Mm-hmm. Trent McDuffie and George Galoftis were there for the Chiefs when they were picking too. Uh, who else? I don't think I mentioned anybody else that's a first-round pick that might be there, might not. Um, the more I keep trying to read the tea leaves, I feel like they might go tackle. And I don't know how I feel about that because, you know, I have said that I think these guys are a little more like round two types, but they had a top 30 visit with Dewan Jones, um, which is bigger than a just official unofficial visit, I think. And it does seem like they might bypass buying a free agent offensive lineman. And then I'll tell you, I mean, the guys that are there in round two are much worse than the guys there in round one is the issue. So do you reach on that because you won't get something in round two or do you try to take BPA? Um, I don't know. Like when my, when I ask my gut, Michael Mayer ends up being, like, I feel like that just ends up happening. I don't know why it feels like the Bengals type of first round pick. And then my brain is saying it's going to be a corner. And then when I'm trying to perform <laughs> uh, uh, reading the, te- whatever, reading the future, um, my it's saying that, offensive tackle so in reality I have no idea what they're doing I don't know how I feel about tackle I mean it sounds silly and I said that early on and I think Bengals Twitter was very upset at me because they're like well you need to get trenches um why would you think of a running back or a tight end that's silly you know you need someone to protect Joe Burrow I know Joe Burrow needs the protection um I think what they need to do next week but the thing is it can't be a, a Orlando Brown type of player. It won't be someone that you're going to have to pay millions and $20 million to a year. Um, it's going to still be an okay piece at right tackle. It won't be the future, but it'll be a one-year right tackle piece. I don't know how they feel about Lyle Collins, if he's going to be more of a depth piece or they end up cutting him because we don't know how Lyle's doing when it comes to his recovery. Really not going to know until they get into their spring OTAs in, in a couple of weeks. But at the same time, I don't feel comfortable because what makes me nervous, even though it is a 28 pick, so it's close to the second round, I don't trust them because I'm not even putting Cordell Wilson in this because I still think they go cheap and keep Cordell at left guard. But, oh, my goodness, I wish people could see the video of our podcast right now because Wally the dog just jumped up. (laughs) He was sitting on my lap and he was like, I want to be on camera. (laughs) I absolutely loved that part of the podcast. Uh, It's better than talking about uh, reaching for an offensive tackle. And that's, (laughs) I mean, I get nervous. I just don't trust them. And at some point they have to get better at drafting offensive linemen. But at this moment, I just, I don't know if I want them to go in that direction, but I agree with you. There are a lot of mock drafts out there. I think even uh, Daniel D- Jeremiah had one recently where they were taking an offensive lineman. Uh, Dane Brugler is another one who's well-known when it comes to these uh, mock drafts and offensive linemen for the Cincinnati Bengals at 28. And obviously they're talking to people inside the Bengals organization. And some of them are guesses what they think for positional needs. But for me, that makes me a little nervous. And I honestly think a lot of people in you know Bengals fan base would be like oh offensive lineman I don't know because it isn't a strong class so that makes me a little nervous yeah I mean it's a strong class in some of the areas the Bengals want it to be in a strong class corner yeah. tight end some of those spots edge rusher d-line it's not really a strong class at either of the offensive line spots tackle or guard or center so when you think about that and it makes you want to buy the buy the offensive lineman if you're going to get a new one. But one thing you mentioned about Collins, so they keep him as depth piece. He's a top 10 paid right tackle by annual average value. Now I know I think there's some type of incentive about it's about the games he plays and whatnot. So if it's really incentive laden, who cares? But if he is making what I think it's only like 7 million, which makes you think like that's not much. <laughs> but we look at the list of right tackles for some reason, right tackle isn't paid anything. So do you keep a $7 million guy as your backup right tackle who's never played left tackle? Maybe, maybe not. It's tough to cut him when he's injured. Um, I would, what I keep thinking is that they get a guy that's a good swing tackle that can start there. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that could start there if uh, he needs to, but all right, bye. Uh, who could start there if he needs to, but at the same time is a guy that, if Collins gets back and he's as good as advertised, then 
he could take that job back. Like, I think if you're paying a guy $7 million, he should be able to win that job. Similar to Jonah, every time I talk about these left tackle upgrades, that there are guys that are technically upgrades. Like, Orlando Brown's better than him. It's just he's not double of what Jonah is. And you have to pay him double, and you can't get rid of Jonah. That's the biggest part. $13 million to your backup left tackle is a terrible waste of resources. And he's an average left tackle. I know guys, I mean, there's a group of Bengals fans that I think if Bobby Hart got cut, they might look into him at left tackle because he might be, he has, he allowed less sacks than Jonah this year <laughs> type thing. You know, like uh, I, I I feel like everybody is an upgrade over Jonah to some people, but really he's, he's an average left tackle. I don't think Donald Smith and Taylor Lamont are, necessarily upgrades based on how they played this last year. I think Orlando Brown is an upgrade, but he's a slight upgrade and that's not worth double the money. So even if you find a guy, if Taylor Lewan comes in, competes, wins the job, great. Now you have a $13 million backup left tackle. That's probably not going to play right tackle for you. That's dead weight. And you could trade him and lose that money. But I don't think they would. If I think about the Bengals, they don't trade these guys. No. And people have to remember, I know you look around the NFL and offensive line play isn't great. And people are always looking for good offensive line players. I mean, unless you're Philadelphia, um, you could even say Kansas City, they have a they have a solid offensive line, but now they're losing some play, now losing some guys that they're not going to be paying. But at the same time, you have to have two teams willing. I know all these trade scenarios are out there, but the Bengals can't do anything unless another team is like, okay, we're willing to do that. And I think of that so much with trade downs. Like people's like, well. If your guy's not there, just trade down. It's like, well, somebody has to want to trade up. And if our guy's not there, that means probably somebody else's guy isn't there either. <laughs> like, I'm kind of about that. I do want to talk about that more in our third segment about the trade down and then an outlook for free agency because that's starting to pop more in a lot of mock drafts or just in general when I think about the pick of 28. But next, we'll get to the mailbag questions. Uh, it's always game day in Cincinnati. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is it's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati Mailbag Edition. Thank you so much for sending your Twitter questions. We'll start with Neil. We'll stay with tight ends right now. He says if the Bengals don't re-sign Hayden Hurst, what are some cheap one-year type tight ends and free agencies that you would like to look at? Man, one year. I have no idea. Like Hayden Hurst to me, even though I was trying to project that last year, he probably wasn't a one-year guy. Irv Smith, that could be a cheap one-year. But I've heard some people say Irv Smith's going to have a bigger market than we think. And okay, then they're out. <laughs> the guy hasn't produced for the Vikings, even though he was a high draft pick. That, like That's why I thought it was kind of the Hayden Hurst. High draft pick, hasn't produced. Go to Joe Burrow for one year and then go make your money. But if he has a real market, then probably not – um man i don't know too many other one-year guys the guy it's the least sexy one but i it feels very bangles to me is signing austin hooper to like a three for 15 million dollar type thing like very reasonable uh not an exciting tight end but a guy that can block and catch he's not a guy that's going to win a lot you know like break guys off in man coverage or work down the field but he's fine <laughs> that's what I keep like he's a starter you know it's only crazy. 28 years old he's younger than Hurst which was kind of surprising to me that is really surprising but what's crazy about it all I feel like the tight end market's fine uh yeah. because if you don't get your tight end in free agency I feel like we'll know exactly where the Bengals go at 28 I think there there will be a tight end at 28 and, and maybe after. Malik said no Darnell Washington I guess which is bad for me because as we'll get to at the very, very end of the podcast, when you ask me what's coming up on all Bengals, it's a Darnell Washington article. Hey, you know what? Maybe people, if you haven't listened to Malik yet, wait, um, make sure you go to all Bengals, read Mike's piece and then go watch Malik's show. Um, and then you can find out everything that they said about him. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that because I think my mindset kind of changed after the combine. I was like, well, wait a minute. 
Oh. Wait a minute. This guy actually Tested could help the offensive line, too. He could help, help the offensive line and be a tight end. His short shuttle was shocking. Like, he doesn't move like that on film, but, like, can he move like that? Maybe he just wasn't confident, or maybe, you know, maybe he didn't wasn't exactly sure what he's doing. He's young. If he could move like that, like, I'm in. <laughs> No, I am really I if he was there at 28, which I don't think he will be, but we could be totally wrong about all these tight ends and they could fall. If they go to the second round, that's gonna be wild, especially if Cincinnati's able to get somebody on the defensive line or get a cornerback at 28 and you see all those tight ends sprinkled in the second round. They'll probably be gone by the time the Bengals pick, but uh still that would be really enticing. I I just feel like we'll get the mindset of where they're going to go after next week, or it's gonna take a couple weeks. Free agency isn't over in one week. Uh these guys get signed after that too. So um, you know, the next two weeks should be fun for a lot of NFL teams. We will go on to River City Stripes. Of course, we're going to get an offensive line question because we talk about offensive line every episode, and we have pretty much been a topic in Cincinnati for six years. Uh, River City Stripes says, if the Bengals go get a guard and right tackle in free agency, what would you like to see from the draft? Guard and right tackle in free agency? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if these are both starting level guys, then not an offensive lineman. <laughs> not, not even let me ask that'd you be this. overkill yeah that would be they would definitely be going in the trenches uh but i, I do want to say i keep i keep dogging them about their offensive line and, and how they draft guys i do want them to get better at draft they're yeah. going they're going to have to take a risk because you're going to have to get jonah's replacement at some point you're going to want to get your right tackle replacement at some point you're going to want to go cheap on your offensive line, especially at the left tackle position in the future, because you are going to be paying guys, um, you know, Joe Burrow's contract and, and the wide receiver contracts. Those are all going to start to kick in when you need to pay your offensive linemen too. So, um, you know, it will be, it'll be interesting where they go with that, but I, yeah, if they get a guard, I would actually be a little surprised if they got a guard. Me too. Cause I, I just, you look at their history, Michael Jordan got a second year. Billy Price got a second year. Like all these guys that weren't worth a second year. Cedric Ogboy, he got a second year. These guys weren't worth a second year and they got a second year. Yeah, there's upgrades on Volson out there, but he played a heck of a lot better than those guys. Yeah. So I think he gets a second year to see if he is uh, able to keep that job, get better, become a good member of the offensive line. And he's also cheap. So I, I would be surprised if they got a guard in free agency, even though in a vacuum, it makes sense. You get better at that position and you get better depth because Volson will take that spot. But I just, I think they give him another shot. Um, tackle wouldn't surprise me if they got one of those guys. So I guess if you're asking that, if that's what they do in free agency, I'd probably look at defense in round one because you spent high on two positions like that on the offensive side, you probably need to get cheaper somewhere and you didn't upgrade the defense at all so maybe you end up with like um some corner i i don't know uh emmanuel forbes joey porter jr all these names that i haven't watched a single game of one of those guys or maybe you get kalaja can't see or you get um nolan smith or just somebody just somebody out there brian Breesy, like all these guys that are there's a lot of defensive guys that might be there and if you go heavy on offensive free agency then probably go the opposite way in the draft. That's kind of what they've done a little bit. They went heavy yeah. on defensive free agency in the past and they've been heavy offense in the draft. You think of like Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, T Higgins, all these guys, like in the first two rounds, Jackson Garman, <laughs> but last draft was the first time they went heavy on defense in the draft. They went with Dax Hill and Cam Taylor Britt with their premium picks. So I, I think free agency will tell you which side they might use that pick on. Yeah, I look forward to that. And the thing is, I I hate saying this because their defense has been legit for two years in a row, but they still need that kind of playmaker. That guy just pops out. And I, I maybe it's a rookie and maybe it's a guy they can pick up in free agency, but I feel like that's more going to be from this rookie class on the defensive side of the ball, You know, especially after watching the combine and seeing some of those numbers. And maybe that's where they go with 28. I've said it before. They owe Lou this 28 pick to get him a playmaker on that side because Lou's back. Well, he's got Dax Hill coming, right? He does. He does have Dax Hill coming. And you know what? I liked Cam Taylor Britt last year. Um, and, you know, he's only going to be going into year two. So you're right. You're, he has those two guys. But I wouldn't mind that. I think my mindset is changing where, you know, get the get the guy who's going to help you get a Lombardi at this point. Uh, JR says, do the Bengals draft or get a free agent punter? And this has been a topic of conversation on the Twitter app. So my guy has become Michael Turk of Oklahoma. 
I watched him do 28 reps of 225 pounds on the bench press. And uh, what punters do that? He ran a 4840. It's kind of a freak punter. Uh, but I also watched a, a <laughs> I watched a, a former high school punter break him down for 10 minutes. And uh, he thinks he's just like untapped potential because he kicks it like my guy last year, Ryan Stonehouse, where a lot of punters, they square their hips up, they hit the ball and it goes where they put their hips and, you know, where they put it pre-snap and post-snap and all that stuff. Turk, like Stonehouse, will swing his leg both back and forth, but also side to side for some reason and just boom the ball. He hit one 73 yards with like five and a half seconds of hang time. And uh, I don't care if that was a practice or what. You don't find that very many places. That's really far and a lot of hang time. Like usually if you hit it that far, you also get like no hang time. You just boom it straight ahead uh, to get that hang time on it too. is crazy. He uh, The issue with him is uh, he'll kick touchbacks, um, especially when he's not not in that like 50 to the, you know, inside the 40, which if they're inside the 40, they're probably kicking a field goal with McPherson. But, you know, from right around the 50, he doesn't have the issue of hitting it there. It's from like your own 40 where he's got such a strong leg that he doesn't know, like, can I boom this or do I try to pooch it or do I try to kick it out of bounds? And he hasn't gotten that down yet, but uh, that's my punter, and you'd have to draft him. So I'm gonna say draft. I, I don't. They don't have a lot of picks though, so my heart is saying draft, but I think my mind is saying undrafted free agent, and it's gonna be a very wide open spot. Which Stonehouse was an undrafted free agent. He was great. He was my guy. Yeah, I think it's gonna be the undrafted one. Okay. Um, I, I, you you look at my Turk. <laughs> I mean, because it, I, I heard this today and, and I would have to go back and do the research and watch the tape when I say this, but what I heard was all the punters drafted besides the Bills situation, um, they all had a pretty good season this past yeah. year in the NFL. And Jordan Stout, um, trying to think of anybody else. I mean, there was a few guys drafted, but the best one was Stonehouse, who is a top five punter this year, but he's undrafted. Yeah, I think that's extremely important. And Darren Simmons pretty much hinted towards the ah, punter room was going to be changing. Yeah, hearing uh, him, I was I was like, oh, 50-50 on, uh, <laughs> on uh, our guy being the punter might not might be a little high. <laughs> it might be for the percentage pretty low right now. We're going to go 30 percentage. That AFC, I told you before, I said on this podcast a couple weeks ago, was, that AFC yeah. championship game just pretty much lost him the job. And he was good in the divisional game. That's what was surprising was he was good in a cold weather there's snow game and then the most important game of his life and it was it was bad enough that i i remember it was the thing i was the most upset about after the game uh like there was a little bit of that about just was like i can't hit him but i was like the real issue was that the punt was right down the middle (laughs) no hang time and they returned at 20 yards like kick it out of bounds come on man but i see that highlight in my head all the time when I think yeah. of the AFC Championship game, I think of them running it back, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And, and then the it Chiefs just – punter is so good. Yes. Opposite side is like you're pinned in the five. You're pinned in the five. You're – you know, it's kicked out of bounds. You're, it's a fair catch. And then you get to the Bengals side, and it's, well, that's returnable. That's returnable. Ooh, he shanked it. It's like, oh, man, come on. You can't have that disadvantage in a game that's important where each of these teams are so evenly matched. Yeah, no, I, I a punter is uh, – they're people too. And they need this weapon. It's extremely important. And I think they're definitely going to be looking into that this offseason. I don't see it happening in free agency, but definitely going to be somebody who does not, who doesn't get drafted. If they, maybe they decide late in the round, they, yeah. they see their guy on the board and they, they take yeah. up in the seventh round, but I do not see that happening. Do you think it's Michael not- Turk with his 4-8-40 and massive pecs from the bench press could punt the ball and then make the tackle? I mean, I don't need to hear this right now. <laughs> I don't need to hear this right now. Where was he last year? Where was he last year? I'm sorry. I, Stonehouse I, was there in round seven. I'm saying if I was a GM, I don't know if we would have gotten a better draft than that, but we'd have a heck of a punter. I mean, I mean, that's just, it's, it's, it's still very, it's very frustrating. It's, it's an important position. So, yeah. you know, they do have to look into that. Unfortunately, this year was just all up and up and down. I felt like that way with special teams pretty much all season. I never felt super confident in the Bengals special teams even last Evan. year. Evan was okay. Yeah, but it was up and down. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like even, even the best part of the special teams up and down. 
yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't too fond of it, but hopefully everything's better when they get, maybe I always say this when everyone talks about Joe Burrow in a normal off season, I like knock on wood because I'm like, guys, please stop saying that. Stop saying it. Just say we want, you know, training camp uh, OTAs to get here for Joe Burrow. We, we don't want to bring up that because every single time they do something always happens. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we just hope it's, a, it's an okay off season for everyone. Anson, we'll go ahead and get to this really quickly. He says, hey, guys, I've seen a lot of mocks. The one thing that's missing in almost every one of them is a linebacker. Given the fact that they're probably going to be losing Pratt and free agency, do you see this as a classic third or fourth round linebacker pick this year? I think it's open, but I think they feel confident in their linebacker room. Is that how you feel? Or I do. I do. Yeah. I mean, you could go back to, I mean, a couple years ago, and and for some reason, the 2019, I want to say it was 2019, it was the Lamar Jackson um, highlight, where he pretty much just ran Jesse Bates and Carlos Dunlap down, and uh, ran maybe 60 or 65 yards, it was at uh, Pecor Stadium at the time, and I think about the linebacker room a lot, not being able to stop stop anything and Nick Vigil a lot. Um, yeah, I'm glad that experiment ended um, pretty quickly after that. But at the same time, I'm like, man, they just don't have a legit linebacker room. And when they went into the draft, it was the 2020 draft, which is one of my favorite drafts for this team, probably since 2005. And that was forever ago. What could have been in 2005 draft, I think about 2020 and the linebackers and they just went so heavy. Like, okay, they they needed to do that. And they finally have depth and they have starters. So I agree with you. Could I see them maybe adding a piece that's inexpensive or more of a depth piece? Maybe, but I, I don't think they they're thinking of, I think we're thinking about the linebacker room more than they are, to be honest. Real quick, Lindsay, you had a question. Parker Blake asked, what's your hot take? I know I tried to think of it because I always kind of think, oh, that's probably a hot take that won't go over well on social media. So if I say it on the podcast, I could totally do it. I would say it's an OG hot take because I've already said it and I used it on Twitter and I learned quickly that I shouldn't say that because Twitter's reaction, it was very 50 50 and a lot of people didn't like it. I said the Cordell Volson has to play better. Oh, okay. Yeah, we agree. But <laughs> we agreed, but man, I was hoping for something real hot. I was, I was hoping for something spicy, a, a big spicy meat. The Steelers signed Lamar Jackson to take him away from the Ravens. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, funny, honestly, though. I have no hot takes in the division right now. I think okay. I think the AFC North, I'll say this. This isn't a hot take, but I think the AFC North is still one of the I wouldn't say one because you're like, oh, what way to step out there by saying it's one of the top divisions in the AFC. I think it's I shouldn't say this because Aaron Rodgers could be going to the AFC East. But overall, I think the Bengals playing in the AFC North prepares them for these other opponents in the in the AFC and the NFC more than any other division would for these other AFC teams. Yeah, my great hot take is uh, I think what the Browns finish in last after winning the offseason again. Oh, that would just be great. That would just be great. I, every single free agent's going to the Browns, though. So yeah, they've got negative thirty cap. How could they not go there? I mean, I mean, they're going to figure it out. They'll get, you know, they'll free up whatever, do the fake cap stuff. But like, look, man, that team is built around having an elite quarterback, and they certainly did not have that last year. And I don't know if just taking more time off. He never got better. It's not like he got better as the season went on, like the rust was coming off. He was at his worst at the end of the season. He has best games early there. So uh, as long as my hopes and dreams of redacted playing terrible continue, the Browns will continue to be terrible, but their fans and some media will tweet out that their GM was a genius to give that guy a fully guaranteed $100 million, whatever, per year contract because it made other teams do that, even though nobody else has done that so far. Yeah, that's the thing. And when, you know, because obviously the topic of conversation was the Lamar Jackson contract and the fully guaranteed numbers and all of that crazy stuff. The person who shouldn't receive the fully guaranteed contract out of all of the NFL players got the fully guaranteed contract. Is the guy that's terrible off the field and now on the field? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. I think all of us watching that first game versus Texans, I know they ended up winning, but the offense looked absolutely terrible. When he threw the ball to the ground, it was one of my favorite highlights. Or when I think there was another, there were several games where he played awful because that's just how he looked the rest of the season. I couldn't believe people were trying to hype up that Bengals game too. I was like, he sucked. He The interception terrible. he threw to Bates, the guy was wide open for a second and a half, and then he throws it and it's an interception because he's so late. It's like he's not seeing the field, man. And that's something that he was able to do in Houston. 
there was a legit highlight because you know the insiders that are tight with his agent they'll always hype him up on 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 twitter and one of the guys did it they showed a highlight from that bengals browns game and they're like whoa look at that first down throw and everyone's like show the next play that went right to jesse bates and nope nope nothing it's just so it's it's crazy to watch that experiment but it couldn't happen to a worse franchise and um yeah i I agree i root for that uh, I don't think that's a hot take at all. I, I hope they. I hope that's what happens. And I think a lot of. I mean, people, they are clearly the worst team in the division, but I they think are. that they get a little bit of hype sometimes. And yeah, you know, let's relax on that. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, and honestly, we'll make this quick because I want to move on to the next segment. Um, I mean, I think the Steelers are fine. They're gonna be. They're gonna be okay. Um, yeah. and then you get uh, the Ravens' defense even, is still legit. Yeah, even it's if Lamar Jackson leaves, I'd probably still pick them over the Browns. Yeah, 100%. So I, I don't, I wouldn't say for me when I say it's like a hot take that the division is like top for me in the AFC North. I feel like that's biased, but it does help. I think the Bengals, when they go against these other opponents in the AFC and just the NFC alone, when you play in that top division, because it's normally pretty tight um, all the way through until you get into to January. So next we'll talk a little more outlook of free agency. I can't wait for it to get here. Hopefully there's some news on the Bengals side on it's always game day in Cincinnati. is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Free agency is almost here. I'm so grateful. When you're doing a podcast in the offseason, I love the NFL because there's there's no offseason. There's always something going on, news. It's almost like a reality show all the time. But it's kind of quiet when it comes to player moves, and I just want to hear some extensions next week. Where are the Bengals going with their roster? Really, where they're going to build it? And this will give us kind of a mindset for the NFL draft. What is going to happen next week? I don't know. We have to know. I I had I mean we all probably had the idea, but I thought last year they're gonna sign a bunch of offensive linemen. So I watched every offensive lineman free agent that was out there. And um they did. But this year, I don't think they sign at more than one offensive lineman, at least not more than one starting offensive lineman. I know we had the question about the guard and the tackle. I don't think they do that. I think I think you'll see one offensive line signing, one tight end signing. And Von Bell is back and Eli Apple's back um, probably on the cheap because I don't know. I keep coming back to who, who's going to pay him because, and it's not an Eli Apple question of his play on the field. It's just his reputation. And it feels like Cincinnati by far values that guy more than anybody else. So that's what I'm saying is Von Bell and Eli Apple back on defense. They sign one, probably low level offensive lineman and a starting caliber tight end. I'm going to throw this at you because we've talked about it before with the restructures. I'm not even talking about Joe Mixon when it comes to how that's going to turn out. Will they restructure? Will they move on? What's going to happen? Or will he make his fully guaranteed money this year? When you think of other contracts like the Trey Hendrickson, DJ reader, you know, I guess you could even throw Mike Hilton in there too. Just some of the guys who have like two years left on their deal do you think it would be smart or do you see the front office thinking, yeah, you're probably going to add the Joe Burrow extension where it's not going to take a huge hit this year or next year. It's going to be a couple years down the road where it really starts to impact the roster. But do you think it would be smart? And if you were the GM or working in the front office at Duke Tobin, which one of those players would you restructure going into free agency? You, I think you restructure whoever you are most confident is going to be on the team. Um, so Trey Hendrickson makes a ton of sense. He's going to be here his whole deal. So restructure it. Sure. That's, that's, I guess my thought, Mike Hilton probably here for those two years. So restructure it, push some money around. I don't know. I don't think they do either one, but that's a move you make. If you really want to bring in the big piece, I think if you want to bring in Javon Hargrave, you restructure a few deals, free up a little bit of money, having Joe Mixon take a pay cut, and then boom, that fits in a little bit better than it did before, even though it's like a $20 million cap hit or something. So that's when you would do it, but I don't think they will. Even though they, I think, you know, they, I think it's more likely they just spend more money than we expect in free agency than it is for them to make any restructures and those type of things, other than maybe Joe Mixon taking a pay cut, because that feels 
possible. I mean, anytime you hear about Duke Tobin talking about Joe Mixon, it's like, is he going to be on the team? I don't know. <laughs> is T going to be on the team? Yes. And I'm embarrassed that you're asking me this question. <laughs> but the Joe Mixon was like, yeah, maybe. Because you know how they work. Yeah. This Bengals front office, they're pretty, you know, pretty quiet. They don't, you know, they're not outspoken. They're not loud with any uh, moves or anything like that. We only hear from them a couple of times a year. We hear from Mike Brown once a year, and it's right before the season starts. Uh, Duke Tobin, you hear from him at the Combine, and you'll hear for him right before the season starts, and that's it. Um, and then I, I want to say they do kind of a draft recap, but nothing crazy. You just don't hear from the front office, and that's totally fine. That's just how they work. But I was really surprised with those, and we, we talked about him last week when he when he said that about Joe Mixon. I think for the if I'm looking at the outlook of that position and, and just thinking about the smart move, yeah, you have to restructure. You move on. There's no way that you can pay Joe Mixon that going into the season. And you know what? There are players on this roster that want to play in Cincinnati. One of the things with, with free agency, I hear, well, maybe guys will take less to come play with Joe Burrow. That all sounds fun. And I love that mindset of, you know what? Yeah, maybe they do just want to go win a ring. Or, you know, maybe they're getting close to their 30s. And they're like, you know what? I have one year left. I'm going to take a, a pay cut to go play in Cincinnati or even some of the guys internally. Um, we don't know. The NFL's hard. I feel like these guys are underpaid all the time. And they deserve to, to take home the bag. So I don't know if that's really what's going to work in this offseason when it comes to the free agents that maybe want to come to Cincinnati. But I do find that kind of intriguing when it comes to the outside free agents. Do they, do they want to take that pay cut to come play with Joe Burrow? Yeah. Uh, and that fits like, um, like a Melvin Ingram who's older and he's a few years beyond when he got mad at Pittsburgh for not starting him. So maybe he's, he won't be mad if somebody doesn't start him, you know, it, it doesn't Melvin Ingram just want to ring chase do one year. Does Justin Houston want to ring chase do one year, be a situational pass rusher. It'd be a great signing. That's the one. Those are the guys I keep. It's a lot of defensive linemen that I keep coming back to. that are like, he's older. He might not even be that good. You know, age is always mysterious. Do they just fall off a cliff? But does he want to do one year with a really good shot at going to the Super Bowl? Because they went to the Super Bowl two years ago. And last year they went to the AFC championship game. Maybe he's the missing piece. They needed some pressure. And you look at that with Melvin Ingram, with Justin Houston, Jason Pierre-Paul, um, Fletcher Cox on the inside would be an interesting one. And then uh, my very unrealistic dream of uh, Jason Kelsey wants to start yeah. come back. Yeah, he wants to go back home, Cincinnati area, not to Cleveland, uh, even though he's from Cleveland Heights. You know, he loves the university more. He wants to eat Skyline. Uh, he said on his podcast he likes he likes Skyline. So uh, maybe we need to get some type of deal there to bring him here. You know, $15 million, one year, and lifetime Skyline. I mean, Skyline would make that happen. They're great people over on at Skyline. Yeah. So they, I mean, they just got, they got to. The, the spokesperson of Skyline Chili. I think about that sometimes because, you know, we got Jeff Ruby out here who loves the Bengals and obviously Jeff Ruby's worth a lot of money. I think, you know, maybe he could throw some money at some of these extensions to the Bengals. Like, here you go. Here's some money. Uh, <laughs> they're courting the free agents at Jeff Ruby at the precinct and then like, their state comes out with a, with a clean <laughs> bill, mean, but, you know, like a check for $2 million if he signs. What you, the players go to Jeff Ruby's or the precinct all the time after games? What if they told him, okay, part of your contract is free Jeff Ruby's for the rest of your time in Cincinnati? I mean, sign me up, it's expensive. Um, but sometimes I think about that, I'm like, you know what, you could always just kind of call your old friend Jeff to see if he wants to, um, kind of be kind of be in on some of these contract extensions, but uh, but yeah, I, I think you, you maybe you do get some of those guys, maybe it's the one year left, one year deal, or you know, maybe it's a two year deal, a cheaper deal. I still don't know what they're going to do with Hayden Hurst. He feels like we heard it all last season that he finally found his place in mm -hmm. Cincinnati. Uh, you know, he felt wanted here and he, he obviously had that connection with Joe Burrow. I think about um, the I hate to bring this up, but I'm going to bring it up again. The touchdown drop in the AFC championship game. Um, when I had him as the first touchdown score, never gamble because that hurt me so much. Um, but yeah, I, I remember. I mean, it was right to him unfortunately but uh but you know what i'm not gonna put that on hayden because he had a really fun season in cincinnati and honestly i really i really was really surprised i was surprised with the pick i'm like okay hayden hurst all right that works bring it and in. it wasn't the sexy one right like people wanted oj howard really bad and some other guys and then they go with hayden hurst and i feel like people kind of went 
oh, okay. And uh, it was a really good signing. I would feel more confident in him coming back if every projection from these analysts it wasn't like $10 million a year. Yeah, and he's another one that you have to wonder because he is getting older. Would he be one of those guys who looks at the opportunities? Because I know Cleveland is is another team. Because, like I said before, they have an interest in every free agent. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he plays for Cincinnati. Um, would he say, "I'll go one year to Cincinnati for this number," or it's two years, and you know, you spread the number out a little bit, or maybe there's some incentives in there from Cincinnati when it comes to that? Because I wonder what those numbers are being talked about behind the scenes. You know, what what are they going to decide? What is what is fit for him? And will he take less to stay in Cincinnati when you have an opportunity? I mean, you, you come here, this team was in the Super Bowl the year prior, then they go to the AFC Championship game almost in the Super Bowl again to think, I actually have a shot to get back to a Super Bowl. I have, I have a shot to get to the Super Bowl with this team. You know, what's that mindset for Hayden Hurst? I'd, re- I'd be all in for bringing Hayden Hurst back. But, but if they do bring Hayden Hurst back, would you see them getting a tight end at 28? Hayden Hurst coming back would make, to me, Michael Mayer a tiny bit redundant because they will be similar players probably at least early in Mayer's career. And does that open up the one that uh, said it's not going to happen, but does that open up a Darnell Washington who gives you a different skill set? So when you go 12 personnel, you've got your receiver and you got your extra offensive lineman level blocker. Does, is that what you're going for? If you have Hurst on a multiple-year deal, I think you could do that. If he's on a one-year deal, then you probably just want to go with whatever tight end you think ends up you know, being the most balanced, best player. But multiple years, and you give him multiple years to grow into a receiver, and he's fine as just being a very good blocker, that, that would be interesting. I think if you re-sign Hurst for like two, three years, and then you draft Arnold Washington, that becomes a really interesting tight end duo, and especially because – Boyd might not be here for a lot longer, um, which I hate to think about, but uh, it's definitely a possibility. Do you become a 12 personnel team? And then you have two guys with very different skill sets for that. You bring up Boyd. And that's been a topic of conversation when we heard all off season about, oh, Bengals should trade T Higgins. And, and people weren't bringing up Tyler enough and I love Tyler on this team and you need Tyler Boyd right now as your third receiver because your wide receiver room there you still need another body I I know Trent Irwin was okay last year you have Trent Taylor out there and Stanley Morgan our guy but um I I want another wide receiver nothing too crazy you're not going to spend top dollar because you have two extensions you're hopefully going to be working on with T Higgins and Jamar Chase but this could be Tyler Boyd's last season in Cincinnati and I think that's another thing that you have to look at this year will there be an opportunity would he be a guy who you think of um I hate to say this, but as a trade piece for Cincinnati. Uh, I don't think they trade him because I think they they value what he still brings to this team this year. Something we and most people haven't talked about that much was Tyler Boyd was having a really nice game against the uh, Chiefs in the AFC Championship game before he got hurt. And it, mm-hmm. uh, it no excuses, never any excuses. It's just I do think that their offense would have played quite a bit better if he stayed healthy. And that was the one where Trent Irwin did a good job all season, but in the most important game, kind of like when Christmas is like, he didn't step up and be that guy like he was when Jamar Chase was injured. And some of that might be a slot thing, but it was it was just frustrating because Boyd was playing so well and you lose that. And now they're doubling T and they're doubling Chase. You need somebody to win, and they weren't able to do it. Yeah, I think about that a lot because it felt like they started to roll. It was going to Tyler, and then when he was down, like you mentioned, they're doubling on your two best receivers, and Tyler's gone. They didn't have a guy step up, and that's so unfortunate. So you have your three receivers. I I still feel like three of the best in the NFL right now, but you do – I still look at the fourth receiver position going into the 2023 season and somewhere where you want to upgrade. So not a crazy Brandon Cook situation or you're trading for another big time receiver to put him on the books. But if you were to look around the league, you get a guy for one year deal. Are there any free agents where you're like, yeah, sign me up, bring that guy in? The first one to come to mind, I think it's because he got cut, is if you can get Robbie Anderson. I don't remember his name anymore. Freedom Anderson. We can't do Chosens. Chosen Anderson. Look, if he's willing to sign like a $2 million one-year deal and just like, I want to go play with Joe Burrow, sure, and be – he's fast still. 
I don't care if he's good. He's fast. <laughs> That's what they're missing, right? So you get the defense to maybe respect it a little bit. If they don't, Joe Burrow is very accurate deep down the field. I don't know. Like that's that's the one that came to mind for a free agent. In reality, I think it's a fifth or so round draft pick that might be end up being the fourth receiver this season. Hey, they're good at drafting receivers, so I trust them. If they get a guy in the fifth round and they end up working out, then I'm, then I'm all about it. I think you – so when I talk about the free agents wanting to come play with Joe Burrow, I think you should look at a lot of guys Joe Burrow gets paid. He could be getting Hayden Hurst paid this offseason. He got C.J. Uzama paid the season prior to that. So just come here for one year. Joe Burrow is going to get you a check in, in year two, wherever you go. Maybe you're coming back to Cincinnati. Maybe you're going to play for another team. But um, I, I think that stuff is uh, for free agents to think about. Like, hmm, maybe, maybe I do want to go play with him. Or you look at this defensive side of the ball. It's a legit defense. I, I still want that, that huge playmaker on the defensive line to be able to get to the opposing quarterback. But it's still a legit defense and should be a legit defense going into this next year. Yeah, you're going to be without Jermaine Pratt probably. Yes, you're going to be without Jesse Bates, two of your best defensive players. But I still feel strong about it. So, yeah, I'm just ready for free agency to get here. Just get Me here. Too. Me too. Uh, and I hope it's quick. Like they sign a couple guys and honestly, that's like sign a couple guys and that's it. <laughs> yeah. It'll be crazy. They, they'll, they'll make moves tomorrow because we record on a Thursday and then like they'll announce a move tomorrow for an extension and we're going to be like, oh, thank you. We have three whole days until we can talk about that extension, which I'm fine with, you know, make it, make it happen. But I kind of want that Tuesday news drop when everything is you know, I like it when it's uh, Monday, the insiders are putting out all the tweets saying this, this guy is going to be signing with this team and they agree to terms and nothing's official for like 24 hours. And then all the teams announce it. So um, that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to real, real big news when it comes to free agency. And we'll have all of that next week. I know you're going to be busy. Like I said, make sure you uh, go to all Bengals. You're going to have a great piece up there. Talk about it. Darnell Washington. I'm hoping it's up Friday. I'm hoping it's up, well, when you're listening to this, I'm hoping it's up then. I have not done the amount of work I wish I would have done by this point, but we'll see. I, I'll see if I can work some magic, get it up there. I hope so. Uh, if not, it'll be up Monday. So you'll have that to look forward to in the near future, if not right now when you are listening to it. And then we move on, because I don't think I'm going to do another tight end article. Neither of the other later, like round two, round three type guys, they didn't grab me and really make me think like, oh, pass on tight end. You can get this guy. Uh, so we might move to a Kalijah Cansey article after that, or maybe I should finally write about these offensive tackles uh, one of these days. I will. You, you, you can, here's the thing. You can talk people into things because you've done it before. So if you, if you write these pieces on the offensive line tackles and you put them out there, people will be like, well, wait a minute. Maybe I should have interest. Maybe the Bengals should get an offense tackle. That would be great if I was more into, if I had a guy that I was banging the table for, but since I really don't, I don't know. We should just make you do it on Twitter. Just one day, just tweet about this guy. And I want to see the reaction of people like believe that you really mean it. And you could just be joking. Be like, you know, I watched the tape. He's great. He's going to be great with his offensive line. And then the people will buy in. Uh, but no, make sure you check it out. Always great work over on his Twitter page, Bengals underscore Sands. And then you can follow along. Really great pieces to all Bengals. And make sure you're listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.